Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. We're glad you're here with us today. If you're visiting, we'd love to give you a free coffee and say hello after the service. We have great coffee. And um, yeah, we have certain people, some of us staff members included, who buy the bulk bag one kilo coffee from here. And uh, so if you're desperate, we can provide you your supplies as well. But uh, as Karen shared Friday night, we had a great night with... uh, with a whole bunch of, of next-geners. And um, something that's, that's really interesting is I was talking to a few of the um, young people that responded to Jesus, responded to the altar call at the end of the service. And I was just talking to them afterwards because I was curious as to, um, you know, what, what, what their life has been like, what their understanding of Jesus is and uh, why they responded tonight. I'm always curious about this sort of stuff. And so... I was um, just asking them questions and it was just fascinating listening to their responses because two of them who go to a private school, I was just asking them about, you know, was this different for you? Have you heard about it? And they're like, well, we've heard about God, never really heard the gospel before. Um, and, uh, but they just, they just felt, um, heard the truth of, of God. They want Jesus. They want freedom. They want forgiveness. And so they responded and um, and I just walked away and I'm just like, isn't it interesting? It really is the greatest miracle on earth. It really is. When we as human beings respond to this mysterious God, whom we can't see and touch, but we know he's real. And something happens in our spirit that responds. And so we had quite a few. And even afterwards, I talked to another one or two who didn't come and respond, but they said, I was absolutely fixated on what you're saying. You were speaking the truth. And one of them, he was really cute. He said, I responded on the inside. And uh, I put my hand up on the inside, he said. Uh, Peter was discipling him afterwards, which is great. And, uh, and so it's fascinating what God's doing in this hour. And sometimes, even though we in and of ourselves, maybe in our own lives, things are fairly normal, things are pretty standard, or, or maybe they're not, I don't know. But uh, we go through these seasons of life. And so what I want to encourage us today, I want to even share on this today, is what I've called signs of life. I don't know if you've ever had to um, look at your vitals. <laughs> if you've had, had to read your vitals, then you probably weren't in a good way. But someone might have had to do it for you. But take your vital signs. And they have to look at, um, you know, your blood pressure, your breathing, your pulse. Uh, and they have to just make sure, okay, everything is okay. What are your vitals like right now? And so I want us to explore today. Um, please turn, if you can, to John chapter 11. Now, this may be the longest um, reading I've ever done, you know, publicly in this end, because we're going to read this whole passage and the story about Lazarus. Everyone's heard about it. Um, Now, I want you to just remember the phrase signs of life, because whatever you're going through today, whatever circumstances you're going through, have a look at the spiritual vitals. 
Have a look at the signs of life that are going on around you because there is hope. So we're going to read. I'll read as quickly and fluently as I can, and then we'll just bring some things out of this. Does that sound okay? Everyone just go like this and just feel your pulse. How are you going? If you can't feel anything, well, we can, you know, thump on your chest or something like that. Okay, we are, you ready? Awesome. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But Jesus, when he heard this, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I just want to pause there for a minute. Interesting analysis. When we look at things through Jesus' eyes, he only sees victory. He doesn't see death. Or even if he sees death, there's a purpose in the death. There's a reason we go through stuff, but there's always glory on the other side of it. There's victory on the other side of it. Whatever you may be going through right now, there is some avenue of God's glorious victory on the other side. All we have to do sometimes is get in Jesus' posture and say, where's this victory? Because I can't see it right now. I'm going to take my vitals. I'm going to just see if I'm still breathing. Because if I'm still breathing spiritually, I've got enough hope to see the victory. And so Jesus, he takes this posture where he, he almost, I mean, he doesn't mock them. But it's almost a little bit of mockery of saying, hang on, hang on. You know, this illness doesn't lead to death. And they're clearly saying, hang on, he's dying. He's dying. And this is what we do, isn't it? The battle of flesh and spirit. Flesh can see how bad things really are. And we all go through situations where things get pretty crushing at times. Things get heavy. Circumstances, people, situations, stresses and strains pressing in on us, making us feel like there is no way out. And then Jesus says, this won't lead to death. The situation that you may be facing today doesn't have to lead to disaster. If we take our spiritual vitals and if we listen to the voice of God, there is victory waiting for us. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but if he sees the light of this but he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Interesting. When we look through Jesus' eyes, he sees that some situations are dormant, they're not dead. And there's many words, there's many promises that you have residually inside of you. They're just asleep, they're not dead. They're, they're just snoozing for a little while. But the voice of Jesus may just be saying to you, have a look at the signs of life. Have a look at the vital signs because sometimes he just wants to breathe on us and bring them back to life. Uh, actually, I just wanted to say, uh, it is Zach. I was just um, 
encouraged to just say to you, this microphone might go spazzo while I walk down here, but that's okay. Uh, I want to encourage you just with a prophetic encouragement that uh, for some reason this morning I just thought of you, you came to my, I wasn't sure whether you were here or not. Uh, but what I saw was that there's so many good seeds that have been sown in your life by your family and, and everything you've experienced. And that in years from now, but not too many years from now, I saw a picture of you with the Word of God, with a microphone, just like this, uh, speaking articulately. I don't know if you, you think you're very articulate, but he is going to give you a spiritual knowledge and wisdom and articulation that's far beyond your years. And, um, and you're going to be able to bring things out of the Word of God and make it real to people around you. It doesn't mean you have to be in ministry. It's not that bad if you choose that. But, but, but what it means is his hand is on your life. So I'd love to pray for you this morning. You just want to come out here and, yeah. Yeah. Lord, we just pray for Zach this morning. We pray that uh, your anointing would increase on his life and that your calling and your destiny would be so good, it would blow him away with what you do with his life. And I pray that that spiritual knowledge and wisdom and articulation, you would fill him with fire, fill him with your spirit, fill him with every good thing from heaven. And we pray he would be a blessing to hundreds, if not thousands, if not even more, in Jesus' wonderful name name. Amen. Awesome. Bless you. You just got to do these things sometimes at the most random moments. Is that okay? Just while it's there, right? Where was I? Which, which verse was I at? 11 maybe? 12? Okay. Thanks. You're following. Awesome. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought uh, that he meant taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I mean, come on, guys, he's died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Sometimes Jesus will allow us to be in impossible situations in fact, ridiculous situations, just so he will get the glory. There's certain times that we will be a miserable failure, but if we trust in him, he gets all the glory. Anything good that ever happens in my life, I know it's him. I know it's him because I know myself. I know my weaknesses. I know what goes on in my brain. And, uh, and I know that it must be good if it's God, or it must be God if it's good. And so there are times when... We might think, no, this is, this is dead and gone, and this is an absolute failure. Wait for God to breathe on those situations and, and just listen for the heartbeat. Feel the pulse. See if there's breathing. See if there's any life left in that thing, and watch what God does with our faith. Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. I mean, what a crazy thing to say. Hey, if Jesus is going to die, well, Lazarus is going to die and Jesus is going to go too, let's just join the party. Let's join the party. You know, I was going to look up a commentary on what the heck does that verse mean? I didn't get time. So you can go away and do a study this week. Or maybe some of you got some revelation on that. But I'm like, what is that talking about? Anyway. Verse 17, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, this is a long time. 
we have a lot of animals that die in our street. Some is roadkill, some is animal kill. <laughs> uh, and uh, after four days, I'm telling you, you can't go near that thing. You can't go near that thing. We'll be going for a walk around, around the farms in the area. and Like you can smell it hundreds of metres away, a dead rue that's been hit days ago. It's like, it's potent. And so I'm just giving you the, the framework here. This is not a place you want to go to. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she, sent, she went out and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Let me tell you, your promise, if it's from God, will rise again. Your gifting, if it's been given by him, will rise again. Those desires that maybe you had as a young person or when you first got saved or when you first got filled with the Spirit, uh, forgetting about all the disappointments and all the seasons of downs and ups and everything else, if it's from God, it will rise again. And let me tell you, there are signs of life. Friday night, we saw some signs of life. Uh, around over Easter, we had people saved. We saw signs of life. There are signs of life spiritually if we'll look for them. There are things going on around us that God is doing and He's using all over the place. Sometimes we just need to tap in, tap into the vein and say, okay, what are you doing, God? I can, I can feel the pulse. Sundays, we, we begin to Feel the pulse and then we need to keep breathing all week, don't we? Because God is doing good things and he is on the move. He's not taking a back seat. He's not resting. But sometimes we need to go to Lazarus. What I'm saying there is sometimes we need to go to the situation. It won't come to us. Sometimes we're, we're praying for God to do stuff and we, we pray it all the time. Awaken us, God. Send revival. Do good things. But sometimes we need to go to the hot spot and seek it out. Seek out the hot spot, whatever God's got for us. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes on. I'm going to jump down to 38. Then Jesus deeply moved again came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said to her, uh, said, said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he's been in there four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. 
this may be just for one person today, but I suspect maybe more, that Jesus wants to say these words to you. He wants to say, Lazarus, arise. And then he wants to say, unbind him, (laughs) unbind her. Because sometimes even when the promise comes, even when the miracle comes, we're still bound up by the stuff in the tomb. We're still bound up by the hurt and the fear and the anxiety. And so he says, unbind him. Get that stuff off him. Get the the death clothes off him because he is alive. And this is a powerful, powerful reminder that Jesus is alive and he conquered death. It's kind of a a little um, analogy, if you like, of the power of the saving power of Jesus for us as humanity. And he says to us, come alive, come alive. Don't stay asleep. Don't stay dead. For very long. Because you know what? God wants to use you. He wants to use your voice. He wants to use your skill. He wants to hear your prayer. In Luke 11, Jesus gives a great teaching on prayer. And in that chapter, he basically he, he says the Lord's Prayer, but he, he shows us the key to persistent prayer, asking, seeking, and knocking. And he tells a story about a friend who at night comes to another friend, knocking on the door, needing some help. And the friend who's in the house is like, dude, go away because I'm sleeping. My family's sleeping. Just go away. And the visiting friend knocking, knocking, knocking. And Jesus uses that as an example and says, keep on knocking. Keep on believing. Whatever your experience is, believe the word of God over your experience. And this is a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. I don't know if you've ever tried it. But when you're seeing in front of you a situation that is not so good and you choose the faith option, it's not an easy option. Because sometimes you're hanging on invisibility. You're hanging on nothing. But let me tell you, you're hanging on him. And he loves it when we earnestly seek him. When we hang on him, when we hang on that thread of faith and hope, he loves it. And we can see that throughout scripture. It's interesting that we have to recognize sometimes we are asleep, be it spiritually or whatever else, but we are asleep. And so Jesus wants to remind us, even though we may seem like we're dead, We're just sleeping, but he can awaken us. He can arise us at any moment. At any moment, he can come. One of the things that I, in just reading that passage that fascinated me, is that Jesus could have done that anyway. He could have done it from a long distance. He could have done it from the two miles away or from the other town or whatever else. Uh, He could have just sent sent a word like he did to the centurion with, who had faith. And he could have done that. But he chooses set circumstances to line up kingdom principles and lessons all for the glory of God. There are things in your life and my life that he is establishing right now for his glory. Decisions and circumstances, maybe temptations and trials, doubts, fears, anxiety, that he is putting parameters in our life and he's just watching. 
He's watching saying, I can't wait till they make the right decision. I can't wait till they get through this one. I can't wait for them just to hang on my faith long enough to see Lazarus arise. Because there are many, many little Lazaruses in our lives that God wants to breathe on and awaken. Maybe even today, your doubts and your fears, it's time to just let them die and let him breathe them back to life. Let him breathe them back to life. Um, as you know, I have some fascinations with just health and, and, and fitness and things like that. And over the weekend, I just experienced another one. Is that okay if I share it with you? It's not a sheep story. <laughs> but I was, I was watching this guy who's kind of an extreme, uh, he's an extreme dude. Many of you would know him, often called the Iceman, Wim Hof. And uh, anyway, so I'm watching his stuff. And, um, and one of the things he says is, is quite interesting. He's teaching some other young dudes on, how to, on YouTube on how to, uh, how to do some of the exploits that he does. And... Um, and he sort and he, he he sort of says to them a few times, "Are you dead yet?" You know, they're in the middle of planking for four or five minutes, and then doing these extreme things. Are you dead yet? Are you dead yet? No, no, no. We're still going. Okay, keep going, keep going. And and he says to them, "It's it's not until you're dead that you know you're alive." And it's interesting. Sometimes it's like that for us. It's not until we've been taken to our extremes, until we're dead, so to speak, until we've seen some of that stuff and we've realised our own frailty, our own sin, our own weaknesses, that we realise we need the breath of heaven to come in and breathe on our life. Because every single one of us need that. Every single one of us need that, the breath of God to bring us alive. And, and maybe we need the electric you know, paddles as well, you know, whatever it is. But... God wants to do that today. He wants to do that today to remind us that he is good, that he is in control. Nothing is out of his control and that his promises are yes and amen. His word is true. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. Nothing changes with him. He's no respecter of persons, of differences, of races and belief systems and anything like that. He is exact. He is perfect. And he knows exactly what he's doing. But I believe there's many times he's setting us up for a Lazarus moment. And there's probably situations in our life right now where he's just establishing victorious opportunities. I wonder how many opportunities are right in our life right now today where there's opportunities of breakthrough, of victory. I want to encourage you, keep going. Don't doubt because once you think you're dead, that's where you'll come alive. Once you think you've, you've done everything you can, you come to your end. That's where God steps in and he says, Lazarus, come out. Promise, come out. Gifting, come out. Now it's time because you can trust me. Now it's time for that good stuff, the deep stuff, the anointing to begin to flow because now you know you can't do it in and of yourself. And oftentimes the brokenness is the breakthrough. When we realise we are broken, when we realise we don't have what it takes, God wants to use you and he's called you to good things. I feel like I pretty much say that every single week. But do you know what? We humans need to hear it every single week. God wants to use you. He's given you influence. He's given you gifting and he's given you a calling and an anointing. Do you know what? I often used to, uh, at prophetic meetings when people were prophesying, you have prophets going around prophesying, you know, to pick out three or five people and it's awesome and you love it. And, uh, and, and you just think, oh, you know, where's mine? 
let me tell you, God loves you just as much as he loves someone who maybe he shares a prophecy with. And he's got words he wants to share with you. And there is time for a gift in operation, like I did with Zach this morning. There's time for that. But God has words for you. And he will speak directly to you. He will encourage you. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. And he wants to use you for his glory. I believe he's setting you up for good things. He's setting you up to give him glory, give the Father glory. That's why Jesus, I mean, it's a fascinating prayer where he says, well, kind of, I could have done this anyway, but I chose to do it this way. And I know Lazarus had to die. Why? So that the Father would be glorified. You walking out your failures and your dark patches and coming out the other end is so that God can get all the glory, not so that we can get all the glory. Sure, we're going to have wisdom and we're going to have so many things that we can share with people on the other side of that. But everything we do, all our living and breathing here on earth is for God's glory. It's for his glory. The reason we exist is for his glory. Just close your eyes. I want to pray this morning. Lord, we just thank you that you are so good and that you are here with us this morning. Thank you for your word and your stories and your testimonies and Thank you in this room that there are so many faithful, amazing lovers of Jesus. And Lord, we pray today that you would awaken any of those little Lazaruses inside of us. Those things that you've taken us to the, the far reaches, but that you want to bring back to life. That you want to encourage us with. Lord, today we let go of doubts and fears and we leave it in the tomb. We leave it all in the tomb. With all the other stuff, we just leave it there. And we say, come and breathe on us. Come and breathe on us. And Holy Spirit, I ask today, just like the power of the Spirit through the words of Jesus went into that tomb, walked into that tomb and touched the body of a dead man and brought him back to life. That same power is available to us today by faith. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, you will come into this tomb and that you will walk around and that you will touch people by the hand of God this morning, and that you will bring things back to life. You will bring promises back to life. Maybe long forgotten desires and dreams, and maybe some who are, maybe there's someone here who just got so blown away by Jesus in the Jesus People movement. And you were so, you were so uh, just awakened to his love, but the years have got you down. The, the decades have become, you've become dry and disappointment has set in. I want to say to you, awaken today. Awaken today. Awaken today. Because Jesus, by his spirit, wants to come and touch that tomb. And he wants you to come out. He wants you to come out and he'll release all the bondage. He'll release the hardness. He'll release the disappointments and he'll bring you back to life. And so, Lord, we pray for each one today. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. I pray you would awaken us. You would awaken this region that you would say, come, southern region of Adelaide, come alive. Come alive and let the, the bindings be loosed in Jesus' name. And let your power be released in this southern region as we have never seen before. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome.
Well, bless you guys. See, I let you sit at the end because it's holidays, right? So you can undo the seatbelt now. Now, what I want you to do just to finish off today, if that's okay, is just if it's, if it's safe, if it's COVID safe and it's appropriate and it's okay and all the other little rules we have to make now, I want you just to put your hand on the person next to you, their wrist, and just see if they have some vital signs still going through them. Awesome. If they don't, then you can do whatever you want to do. But do you know what? Here's my final piece of encouragement. If you are breathing, then the promise is still available. If you're breathing, the promise is still available. Even if you're dead, the promise is available as well. But if you're breathing, it's a little easier. Because Jesus didn't do the miraculous just for the miraculous. See, sometimes in our signs and wonders and revival culture, we've worshipped signs and wonders and revival because we love signs and wonders and revival and prophetic. And, and this, is where, this is why some people call us charismaniacs, is because we love the charismata, we love the charismatic stuff more than we actually realise it's Jesus himself. And that's, that's why he does this stuff. He doesn't do the miraculous so we worship the miraculous. He does it so that we worship the miracle worker, Jesus himself. So awesome. Bless you. Have a good coffee and uh, we'll see you next week.